0: Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello,
1: and welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci. And today we are going to talk about some strategies to enhance productivity. And if you are an author or wanting to become an author, Being efficient with your time and making the most of the time you have to not only get your book done, but to also fulfill all your other obligations in life while you do it can be a real challenge. And so I invited our guest today, Simon Servino, who is going to help us be more productive and utilize the time that we have to write our books so that we can get them out into the world. Simon helps business owners run their company more efficiently, which results in sales that soar. He created the Strategy Sprints method that doubles revenue in 90 days by getting owners out of the weeds and into purposeful action. Simon is the CEO and founder of Strategy Sprints, which is a global team of certified Strategy Sprints coaches that help clients gain market share and work in weekly sprints that ensure fast execution. He is also a Forbes Business Council member, a contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine, and a member of SVBS, Silicon Valley Blockchain Society. So sit back and let's have a listen to what Simon has to say. Simon, welcome to the Author's Corner. Hey, Robin. Hey, everybody. so cool to be here. I'm so excited to have you here because I love this concept of strategy sprints, right? And I'm so curious about this. And I was thinking about, because I'm a person, I love to get stuff done fast. And I'm like, I'm not patient. (laughs) But it doesn't always work out that way. (laughs) So I'm really curious to talk with you about this strategy sprints concept. And at some point, of course, I'm going to want to hear what your thoughts are and how authors might use this idea in completing their books. First of all, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what this concept is and a little bit about how you came about discovering it.
2: Yeah, it's for people like you and me, people who want to ship stuff, who build faster than they talk. They don't want committees. They don't want long analysis. They want to ship stuff. And it was bored, similar to you. I just get bored in meetings. And so I was like, let me get out of here. Let me build stuff. And for 10 years, I thought, okay, it's just my personality. All right. But there were a lot of people who had the similar personality and they also wanted to have stuff that ships quickly. And then 20 years later, where we are right now, it's even a necessity Ah, because if you run a business based on long-term planning and long analysis, you will probably not survive this year because you have to adapt so quickly. Nobody knows what the interest rate will be this year. You don't know how the geopolitical situation will be. You don't know how your markets will be. You don't know how your suppliers will be doing. You don't know if you have a supply chain that works. So you need now agile resilient yeah recruit. and i'll just
1: add too and then just the rapid pace of innovation right whatever your competitors are innovating you're going to have to confront that as well or try to be ahead of that
2: exactly so i went after 18 years of doing traditional management consulting how you run a company and how you dominate the market with a product i said all right let's do this the sprint way and i said okay it's fully digital wherever you are it works Nobody has to wait that somebody has time. It has to work wherever the entrepreneur is right now. And it's like Spider-Man and his friend who is at home and Spider-Man is in action and Spider-Man is excited and says, should I kick the left door or the right door? And then the friend goes, give me a second. (laughs) Kick the left door. Because behind the right one, there is a cactus. I just studied the map. So that's what an entrepreneur really needs. They are in action. And then there is a second review level, a strategic level, where we learn from action. But 80% must be action. And then daily 20% review of the action. That's mainly the sprint method. That's build, 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 measure, learn. Build, 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 measure, learn. And it's also a much better flow of a day because now nobody has to fly. There are no long workshops. And so basically a day is much more natural. You play with your kids, you play with your dog, then you build something, you ship it, you cook something, you tag your coach on the phone. Hey, I shipped this. What do you say? This is the click rate. Is it good enough? And then 10 minutes later, your coach goes, no, no, 2% is not a great click rate. We want you at 47%. So here are five variations of a subject line that works. Try it with this subject line another time. And then these are loops that are more action-oriented. And this is what entrepreneurs find supportive.
1: Yeah. So you're really getting out of that analysis paralysis. We're going to talk about doing it. We're going to imagine how it might go. <laughs>
2: I want to die. Yeah, exactly. Get me out of here. Get me out of here.
1: (laughs) And just seems like a really good segue point because one of the biggest challenges when someone is trying to write a book, whether they have a coach or not, by the way, is just getting themselves to write anything, right? Because there's this kind of, they see the blank screen and freeze. And I think there's just a lot of fear and concern that comes up, right? Like, what is it if it doesn't read well? Or what if it doesn't make sense? And what if I can't do it? And, and so I imagine this also would cross over to the, the entrepreneurs that you work with. I just wrote
2: a book and my most influential mentor, who was my first boss, he wrote a book that became a bestseller. And the way he wrote it really influenced me. So it became the leadership book in Europe. And the way he crafted it, I was there with him. It was workshop. So he was teaching at an MBA in Europe where you would have entrepreneurs and you teach them how to run companies. So we would hold these lectures and say, okay, this is the theory, go apply it, ask your questions. And he would have a paper binder, literally a paper binder, it was the 90s. And with the questions from the audience... Then he would take some paper out, add some paper, eliminate some paper, change the order of some papers. After three months, six months, eight months, that folder wouldn't move anymore. And then he would say, the book is ready. Let's give it to the publisher. Perfect way of writing a book for that context, right? That was a book on how to run a company. And it was... Created together life in action with people who run companies.
1: Yeah. I think there's a couple of nuggets there I want to point out because I think that what you're saying applies very well to any book that is instructional and something that the author teaches to other people. And one of them is that one of the best ways to get your book done is to tell people you're doing a course. <laughs> And if each chapter is a module, you have to have chapter two ready by the time you've taught chapter one. (laughs) You you're ready for the course the next time you're delivering your course. And one of the reasons why that is so fantastic is then you get on the ground feedback from your ideal audience, because if they're in your course are probably your ideal reader. And you can discover different ways of saying <laughs> what you wrote that might maybe you accidentally say something a certain way that really lands with people and they just get it. And so to get that feedback while you're writing is super powerful. Yes. It's
2: you need the eyebrow works. test, the eyebrow test, your <laughs> eyebrow goes up. That's the line. you got the line right there. Eyebrows go down. Okay, next. Try the next.
1: The furrowed brow, the confused look. Yeah, exactly. reminding me of, I had a 10-year detour from publishing when I owned a personal fitness training business and I, I built, sold, built, grew, sold a personal fitness training business. And I remember when I was trying to teach people a triceps extension. And I would try all these different ways, you know, put your hand on top of the bar, tuck your elbows in. It would take five minutes just to explain this one move. And then one day I just said, to my client, puppy paws. And they immediately snapped into the correct
0: position.
1: And then I just said, now put your hands on the bar and push. And that was it. Puppy paws. And
2: you know when it works, you see it immediately right there.
1: And then they got it. And from then on for the next nine years, that's all I would say.
2: (laughs) That's how you build stuff. That's exactly the prototyping method. That's the strategy sprint method. So I just received my own book from my publisher, my first book, Strategies Prints.
1: Beautiful, I love it. The cover's gorgeous. Everybody it's loves not a great, to check it out because it's audio, but you'll have to check it out. <laughs>
2: it's not a great example of how to write a book because it took me 18 years to write it.
1: <laughs>
2: but it took me just half a year to type it and to hand it over to the publisher. Mm-hmm. And now people are saying, oh my God, this is a blueprint for how I run my business. And um, because it was done puppy style, like you did, I was with real people in real situations and we had to solve real stuff. And every time something would work, I would go, oh, let me save this on my computer as a template for the next time. And as soon as something would get used 10 times, that would become a module in my courses. And I have eight courses on sales, on marketing, on strategy, et cetera. And so those eight courses became the eight chapters of this book. So it's not a great example, because you should make eight books out of eight courses nowadays. (laughs) But I did it old school.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think sometimes we do tend to try to overshare because we just want to get everything out. But it's good to remember you can do more than one book. Exactly. Yeah, there is such a tendency to want to get all your expertise out and and imagine that you have just one shot, (laughs) but that can be difficult. So when you talk about sprints, and I believe you talked about like setting sort of these more limited micro goals. And this also lit me up and inspired me when I was thinking about ways of helping people get their books done. So would you share a little bit more detail on how you break that down?
2: Yeah. So when we coach high performers, it's quite a simple set of rules. The Strategies sprints method is three strategies, three habits, three numbers. And in chunks of 90 days, 90 days is a quarter. Most people can say, oh yeah, 90 days, I can imagine it. I can feel what 90 days is. And I can imagine building one thing for 90 days that is big. Okay, let's do it. And so In week zero, we design together, they get a sprint coach, they have access to it. It's like Spider-Man and his guy in the chair. So for the next 90 days, they are a team. And that alone gives you a push like six coffees because, hey, you have a team, you are not alone. And you don't want to, most people, I definitely, I don't want to show up and you expect something from me and I don't deliver. I would never do that, right? And so for most people, that alone is a magic moment. The next thing is that this sprint coach has 274 blueprints, web copies, everything ready because I did this for 18 years and I saved everything that was working. So you are not starting from scratch. Whatever the blueprint is, your coach will know, oh, Just do this. 30 minutes, you do this. This is a video where Simon explains you for seven minutes what to do. This is a template that will help you save a ton of time. You just put in 30 minutes and then you have a first draft ready. And with that draft, we move forward quicker. Against Mm -hmm. this inertia that you have when you start doing something big. For example, when I started writing the book, I had a post-it on my door. It's still on my door, the post-it. And it says right in the middle. And basically, it's just write something, just write something all the time. Because if I don't have, then the picture is, oh my God, is this now chapter eight or chapter 11? I don't know when I'm writing, if it even will become a chapter. Just write, Simon. And so that was my nugget to myself. So if you have a coach, they will have this landscape. They know your fears, they know your obstacles, they see you, they feel you, and they give you exactly what you need in the week so that you get unstuck. And then, Three strategies, three habits, three numbers. Quite simple. The three strategies are based on what your goals are, the three main direct paths to get there. And since we are doing this with now 1,600 people, we see the acupuncture points. We see, oh, for you, it's this, this, this. And then the coach sets that up. You come in, there is a landscape already laid out. You don't have to think what to do. It's already there. This week, this is your task.
1: So when you say three habits, talk more about that. What do you Daily mean by habit,
2: that? weekly habit, monthly habit. So we have three months together. Daily habit, you will always write down how you spent your time and what tomorrow you will do better. And so when writing down, you realize, mm, I was watching two and a half hours of Dexter. <laughs> um, maybe that's not moving the book really forward.
1: But wait a minute, you May- mean watching television doesn't help you finish writing your book?
2: Maybe, yes, depends on what you're watching. <laughs> but maybe not. And that will be the work, right? <laughs> that will be the work. And so usually they identify four hours, four and a half hours per day of time that they want to use in a different way. So that's the daily habit. How are you spending your time? Is it really helping you? What do we change tomorrow? And so as you can imagine, that is very, very, very helpful. Then there is a weekly habit of measuring the progress in terms of on the tactical level. That's the progress. How many pages did you write? How many steps did you get forward? And then on a monthly basis, bigger picture. Okay, is this now one third of the whole thing? Or less or more? The goals will never be changed, but the activities will be changed all the time depending on what you learn about yourself on this journey.
1: I want to double back on the middle measurement with the habits, because one of the things I noticed is like you were talking about, and I think this is important because what you were talking about, what I heard you say, and I just want to check in with you on this, because what I heard you say was that the person is measuring the actions that they took or how many things they were able to complete in terms of tasks that are required to ultimately get the result. But you weren't measuring on a weekly basis, necessarily, the outcomes.
2: So daily, we talk, we review the inputs. So Mm -hmm. what you put in and weekly, we measure the outcomes. All right. So are you also measuring
1: like increase in sales and things like that? Or are you really, are you measuring like that? I completed this, like I did all these little steps every day. And then by the end of this week, I completed this, this, and this. Because I think that's an important distinction, really.
2: Yeah. So typical daily things that people look at is how much time did I put into product, into sales, into marketing, for example, into writing, into finding a publisher, into starting the pre-launch, into making, reusing it as a course. So that's all inputs. I put three hours into writing input. And then on the weekly, we measure the outcomes. Okay. What does that mean? Six thousand words, four thousand dollars and six contracts.
1: Measuring both. Yeah. I wrote three chapters. I signed up two clients. I collected... On the weekly
2: level, we measure the outcomes. On the daily level, the inputs, because the inputs are the only thing in your control. But every seven days, you want to know if it's the right thing that you're putting in
1: because there is something coming out. Right. Gotcha. Great. And then the monthly, again, remind me, the monthly was the Monthly is big picture. Okay, let's look at the
2: goals, the 90 day goals. Are they still exciting? Yeah. What's our confidence from one to 10 that we're getting there? Nine. Oh, what do we need from nine to 10? All right, let's do that.
1: And so that would be the point where if you needed to adjust anything in the 90 day goal, you would look at that at the end of the month.
2: Every seven days, we would get info if we are moving at the right pace in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But once a month, we take more time to go deeper into it and also to double check direction, the why, the purpose, the confidence level, the energy level.
1: So I'd like to hear your point of view on why this works better than what most people do, which is setting like goals for the year.
2: It's a pretty simple answer. Look at how many people, when is it end of December, they start all their gym memberships, right? And they go with this big, big goals that they have, right? I will lose five kilos, and I will be sexy again. And then you see them in January, first week, everybody in there. And in February, you are
1: the only one there. Yeah, when I had my fitness training business, guess what our busiest month? Yeah. Yeah, subscription model. Oh, no, our busiest month was March because it was after they figured out their gym membership wasn't going to cut it and they needed a trainer.
2: <laughs> ah, cool. So that's exactly we that had, cycle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, had a terrible January because everyone was signing up for gym memberships.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we had a private training studio. So, but you're, exactly. I know you're right about that as well.
2: And that's <laughs> the difference. And you know that my model actually, because I come from management consulting, and let's say the traditional model is suit and tie, workshop, monthly meetings. My actual model. So while I was doing that worldwide, I had also a triathlon coach and later on a CrossFit coach, and that would be very, very different. I had a watch, a Garmin, and then they would email me and say, Simon. The Garmin data is telling me that you are running too fast and too short. Simon, my Garmin watch says that you are swimming too slow and too short. And I was like, how do you know that? They got it from the Garmin. So they had a 24-7 real-time data about what I'm doing. And they didn't have to wait one month to tell me, Simon, you're training wrong. They would just immediately ping me and say, hey... Run slower, idiot. And I go, ah, oh, even slower? Come on. Yeah, but that's the zone. You have to do zone two and zone four and stop doing zone three. I know it feels right, but it's the wrong thing, darling. <laughs> and that was helpful coaching and not once a month. Otherwise, you train a full month the wrong way because it feels right, but it's just wrong. Yeah. And then one month later, you go, oh, big surprise or... Three months later, big surprise. You know, your marathon time is horrible.
1: And there is like, like you were talking about that accountability piece, right? Of having somebody that's going to be asking you, did you do this? How did it go? You know, and you don't want to have to sit there and say, no, I didn't do anything.
2: You know? Yeah. And sometimes that's the, the Spider-Man part. So when you do once a month, a big workshop, most of your little questions that you had, you will never ask your coach. Hmm. I had a ton of very small questions, like how much protein should I take? Is it this kind of a spoon or that kind of a spoon? If I just had one session per month, then I would just focus on the big questions, like let's talk training plan. But if I can just quickly ask in between, I will say, "Um, wait a moment, can I send you a picture of my squat? I'm not sure if it's correct. Mm-hmm. And that's the helpful, the many, many small questions, not the one big question, but the right. everyday uncertainties because they compound, they can block you.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point too. And they can block you, right? And then you're not sure what to do. Sometimes if those too many of those things build up, then you just freeze and you don't even know what your questions are anymore because there's just such a, there's just so many in there. Exactly. You and You don't know how to ask or what to ask first or... And you don't want to run a list of all your
2: questions. That would be 200 items there. That's demotivating, right? You want to just quickly tag them and say, hey, is it must, does the protein really just
1: must be in that half an hour after a training? Because I don't have time, half an hour. Can I do it two hours later? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, because I don't know your process, obviously, like you do. Is there anything else in your process that when you think about, because you've had the experience of writing a book, that, that you think directly applies to writing a book that, are, that maybe our listeners could utilize in their journey?
2: Definitely. So what's the most important thing when writing a book? Writing. And that's the same Amen. thing for entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same thing for entrepreneurs, right? What's the most important thing of your business? Solving your client's problems right now. So if writing is the most important thing, the same thing. Every day, ask yourself, how are you going to allocate the writing time and the writing room? And every week, measure what's coming out of it. those activities. And every month, ask yourself if it's still the book proposal, if it's still the right book to write at this time for that audience, for that price with that publisher or self-publish or hybrid publish. These are the big questions that you should do once a month. But every day you should think, all right, tomorrow I'm going to write before my kids wake up one hour, then before lunch, two hours, and then I call it a day or say, no, no, tomorrow it's a full day of writing. I go into the woods and I come back when I have 800
1: words. And you know, it's so important too, because I'm sure just like with, when you're helping somebody launch a product or create and launch a product, a coach can't help you if you haven't done anything, right? So if the task is to write a book, If there's no content to work with, nobody can help you, right? It's like you have to provide some content so that there's something to give feedback on. And I would imagine there's something to evaluate, right? Like what you're saying, taking these
2: actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, there are so many books out there and I don't think that the world needs more books. I think the world needs more connection, more soul. So please write books but not like all the books that are there already. It's not about information. It's about transformation. How deep can you go inside of yourself into the scary part? And so that when you come out, if you come out alive, if you come back out of it, wow, that's a book, right? Think of Carl Jung's red book where you go really deep and while you are reading it, you go, oh my God, oh my God. That's a good book, right? And I think that's the challenge. And so for that, you need a coach because it's about jumping into the wild, daring to go one step further than you would go usually, whatever the book is. If it's a business book, it's important because business books are so boring. Please write one that is readable. And if it's fiction, even more, come on, go places with me, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is so on point and I'm just grinning ear to ear hearing you say it because there's so much garbage out there where people are saying, oh, it's just a big business card or, oh, crank out your book in a weekend or 90 days. And it's missing the point. The point is what makes an author special isn't the fact that they have something to hold up and show everybody and say, look at my book. What makes them special is they went through a process of transformation themselves in the act of writing it, which should be a period of deep self-inquiry into what you really believe (laughs) and what really matters to you, because that's where you connect with that audience. That's how your book becomes a magnet to bringing more people into your business, into your life, whatever it is that you're creating.
2: Yeah, there are books that are really transformative. Last week's, I just had two books that really completely moved me so much. They are so different. So one is called Strange the Dreamer, and it's a novel. But from the first sentence, the author just catapulted me into another world, into another life. It was better than Netflix. And it was an audiobook. I heard it. And then that's Strange the Dreamer. Another one is Osho. I was listening to Osho, again, audiobook. And he would tell the New Testament, but in a way that is completely different. Wonderful. And if you write a business book, it's hard to pick a business book that's really different. So most business books are just like checklists of something, either good or they're just one big idea. And that's the boring books.
1: Yeah. And they just like, they turn what could be just a, a blog post into a book with like one interesting idea and then just a lot of words around it. (laughs) I see that a lot. I I hate this.
2: And the world seems to want exactly that. Publisher wants exactly that. If you get the Penguin contract, they will say, okay, give me one big idea and now pump it up to 200 pages. I I agree
1: with you there. And I think what happened, I think that if you have a big enough platform and they know that you can sell books, you know, they'll publish it. But I do think that they're really excited when they get a more substantive business book that has multiple layers to it. It's just that they don't, you know, but if they know they can sell it, they'll buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, as long as it's...
2: I told you, I made eight books into one because I hated it. But I knew exactly I could do eight books out of it. You just pick one chapter and then you blow it out. Mm-hmm. And then you create sunspens in the beginning and you use eight cliffhangers from chapter to chapter. Sure, you can play with people. But that's exactly what I mean. Then you have just created another book that the world doesn't need.
1: Right. You want to give people something that they could actually take some action on, that they can get multiple insights, that they can apply in various aspects of their businesses and maybe even translate into their lives. I would imagine that you're Sprint strategy could also apply to projects at home.
2: Do you know Nir Eyal who wrote Hooked and Indistractable? Two beautiful books. Yeah. Our business books, but they are really, really good.
0: That's what I'm saying. There
2: are
1: good business books in the world.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. A few, a few, a few. And Nir is a really amazing writer. And he says here on, on the cover, Strategy Sprints offers a method for growing your business by helping you focus on what matters most. This is what the publisher picked. But what he sent me had also five words more. And it was, and it improved my life. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's great. So I guess that when writing a chapter, I guess a chapter is done when you have the feeling, okay, this improved the moment or the life of that person.
1: Wow. You know, that just... That's just putting the exclamation point on this whole conversation. I mean, that is what it's really about. It's powerful. All right, Simon, I want to ask you one more question because this has been amazing, which is what is the question I didn't ask you that you wish I had or that I should have?
2: (laughs) Who should buy my book?
1: Okay. Give us the answer.
2: <laughs> Good question. I wrote it for business people, for people who are running a business. And there are so many moving parts and I wanted to give them really something in hand that they can use. Like when you go to a new city, but you have one book in your hand that has that tells you the 12 most important things and you enjoy that city more because yeah, you can now just... The French people would say flané. You just now you swing through that city in a joyful, effortless way, because the 12th hardest part of figuring out that somebody else did it for you. So now you enjoy the city and you kind of flow through the city and enjoy every moment. So this was my intention in writing the book. And so I would say for everybody who runs a business or wants to run a business.
1: Terrific. Well, yeah, it just from what you shared today, I'm sure it's loaded with great insight and actionable ideas that any reader who wants to grow something right, could benefit from. And I really hope that our listeners who are wanting to write a book will consider looking at Simon's strategies and how you might apply those to getting your book done. Simon, once again, thank you so much for being on the author's corner.
2: Thank you, everybody. Keep rolling.